if you don't know the answer of what you did with your life now, whether or not your your um, preconceived ideas of what a career looks like in the field that you're pursuing, if you don't know what you've done with your life, if you're not happy where you are right now, um, if you're not happy being poor and hungry and hoping, I don't know, um, don't do it. listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm Trevor Elgott. And I'm AJ Meyer. And coming up in episode 209, I sit down for part two of my chat with multi-hyphenate female filmmaker Jenica Schwartzman, in which we dive even deeper down the rabbit hole that is self-producing, while also raising a family, while also moving one's acting career forward, while also, well, you get the picture. And through it all, Jenica manages to maintain such an amazingly transformational viewpoint on things, which you'll hear in this second half of her interview, especially in her response to our final two questions. That and the bromance reignited, all coming up in episode 209, so get those notebooks ready. Support for this episode of Inside Acting comes from VO2GoGo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit VO2GoGo.com slash start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's VO, the number two, GoGo.com slash start. Trevor, I I I, I wanna. Okay, we'll, we'll touch. We'll touch. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> because we can. Just fingertips. You well, I don't weirdo. Know. I, I, I don't You're know. sitting across. This is the first time we've recorded in person, and I don't even okay. remember how there long. There it is. There Aww. it is. The bromance. The bromance continues. reignited. I there love it. Is. He's Are we getting a photo? Hand. This is a photo op. Oh, jeez. Okay, yeah. Photo Jasmine, op. our PR director, is here. It is. Throw up the gang signs. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, she she rolled her eyes yeah. when she took the My photo. My guess is that one's not going to be very good. <laughs> right. uh, find it on our Twitter uh, okay. later on. Yeah, how about a fist bump? God, welcome back to LA. I mean, like, you've been here for like a week now, sort of <clears throat> bouncing around between various locales. Yes. So, uh, how has it been so far? Uh, you know, we, we obviously feel unsettled. It's, it's, it's challenging. Jasmine just put together, it hasn't been released yet, and it probably won't um, have been released by the time we release this episode, but keep your eyes out on Miz and the Biz. Jasmine, who, Jasmine is one of the contributing writers for them. She just wrote a fantastic blog post on the bi-coastal lifestyle, and I, Ooh, I was trademark really... That. I was really taken aback by it. Like I, I read through it, and I was like, "Wow, I couldn't, I couldn't believe how." Like there were things I didn't even think of. I guess is mm. what I'm saying. Mm. I couldn't believe how broad the spectrum was on in this in all the things that she she yeah. touched upon. Fascinating stuff. And and we, like I said, we just feel sort of unsettled right now. We have this unspoken caveat with our friends where they're like, "Oh, we want to see you," and we're like, mm-hmm. "As soon as we're not homeless, we can right. see you. Yeah. We can hang out yeah. and spend time together." And how, how has it been? How's the transition been? Like acting wise, have you had any meetings come well, up, or like has your? I know you said that you're still gonna your your representation in New York is still gonna send you out for stuff. Then you can put yourself on tape and whatnot. But have there been any snags there, or is that gone pretty much as you thought it would go? So I've already had one of each. Yes. Um, I put myself on awesome. tape last week. Um, ben Whitehair has um, done a really great job in investing in some very inexpensive, you know, pieces of equipment. He bought a couple yeah. of lights, a microphone for his iPhone, and uh, you know, he already had the tripod. So. Um, he said he spent about $100, but if, if you include all the things that he already owned, not the iPhone, he probably has spent about 150 on the entire rig. And mm-hmm. that's that's 
pretty i mean because the quality is amazing and oh, with, yeah. and with yeah. the amount of stuff that we're putting on tape for ourselves these days you know it's it's a worthy investment yeah. and um so i went over to his place we 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 did it and it's always great obviously to do it with somebody you trust so i love putting myself on tape um with with jasmine and then and then ben um you know it was a, a it was two males in a scene so it was nice to have a male voice on the other side of the camera and um it came out great my reps loved it um i was I had a, I was rocking a beard because of the cross country drive and then the time up in the uh, up in the wilderness. So all my reps were like, "Keep the beard." And I'm like, "Okay, now I can't shake." <laughs> it's a beardemic. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I had that, and then today, after later later this evening, uh, as of this recording, um, I have uh, an in person meeting for a, uh, a special series that Sony is doing for NBC called yeah. the 70s i think they did the 60s already if i'm not mistaken okay. i seem to remember seeing something about that okay but anyway they're doing this series called the 70s and i'm auditioning for the the pilot yes so it's already happening which it's is already awesome. happening look at that you, know. you didn't miss a beat yeah now yeah. i think I, i'll be perfectly honest uh because i i don't necessarily think that this is all coming through my representation i have a, a, a sneaking suspicion that it is also happening because of my relationship with um, which i've talked about on the podcast i'm very you know obviously you and i are interested in being as transparent as possible i do have a relationship with the vp of casting for sony mm-hmm. so i think that this is coming through through her because I, I ran into her last time I was in town, and she was like, hey, let me know when you're... Because I told her I was coming back to L.A. for the teaching gig, and she was like, let me know when you're here for casting stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to forget to do that. So I definitely yes. emailed her, like, the moment we were in town. So and that, and that is the way it works, man. I mean, like Doug Jones said in his interview, he was told that if he wanted to book consistent work to develop relationships, build relationships, cultivate relationships with directors, producers, people like that. Yeah. So he wouldn't have to complain about his agent because everybody complains about their agent. But really, it's like, who's doing, who's, who needs to be doing the, the work? Yeah. And since he's focused on building relationships himself with people like your your friend at Sony, uh, he hasn't had to worry about his agent at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they've got a great relationship and it works great, but he doesn't need that anymore. Yeah. That's just like the icing on the cake. Yeah, most of the time their job is to, you know, negotiate your contract when you book yeah. and also just be the uh, the point of contact. Yeah. You know, it's it all like it cracks me up because obviously every actor is different. Like Bill Murray has like an 800 number where you call and like or he has like a voice like a voice message machine or something. What? Like, really? Yeah. You don't know this? Story? No. So Bill Murray does not have agents. He has like a, a messaging service that you call and you if you're like Wes Anderson and you pitch here's my next project here's the role you would play oh here's what it, here's what it's all about and you leave that message and you, if he's interested he he'll call you, you back. back that's it so you know that is so gloriously old school right like, i love it's, it it's so arrogant and yet efficient and yet it's also bill murray and, he gets to do whatever yeah, he wants like, and so bill murray i think only and, he could get away with that right so i think so you know every like i said every actor is different but you know um really the 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 agent your representation is like your point of contact. Yeah. You know, they if it's a manager, they help you make decisions, and if it's an agent, they they just you know they field these auditions, they look at the breakdowns, they're they're supporting you in that aspect of your career. But we could say it in every episode un, uh, until you know forever or when the podcast ends, whichever comes first, and uh, it would be relationships. Yeah, you know. So, anyway, it's already happening, it, which is you know, like I said, it's it's tough to not have um, a place to. Can I iron my shirt for my audition later? Here, by the of way, <laughs> of course, yeah. You know, it's we get we've been getting a, a few questions into the show recently from I think newer listeners who have basically been asking like, "I'm new to acting. What do I do?" And it's it's always interesting because. I'm like, well, that's kind of what we're trying to answer, like with the whole entire podcast. You know, mm. we've been working on that question from, you know, infinite number of angles for the past six years. But if I could boil it down to one nugget, it would be exactly what we're talking about here, which is relationships. Build those relationships. And how do you build those relationships? You reach out to people and say, what can I do for you? How can I be of service to you, to your vision? And that's how it starts and just keep coming from that place back over and over and over. What can I do for you? What can I do for you? Yeah. 
at that the the networking event that we just attended there was um i'm I'm getting the reason i use that word is because i'm driving toward something which is that there was an uh, an agent there from <clears throat> I, I don't want to name names but he's from one of the big one of the top agencies in the country in certainly in los angeles and um uh i was introduced to him and i started talking to him and i was like uh, I was like, oh, you know, what do you do? And he said, I'm an agent. I said, run. It's like, what are you doing here? Why are you here? You're going to wow. eat alive. There's so many actors here. And he started laughing because he knew exactly what I was talking about. You know, I was just making a joke, of course. And then for the rest of the night, like I ended up spending like a large portion of my evening that night talking to him. And, you know, we would go in and out of talking about the industry, but it's never focused on that. And I certainly yeah. wasn't asking him for anything. You know, I asked him like, I, I now know about this guy's work ethic, like when he likes to work, when he likes to get up, what he does in the morning, his morning routine, like all these things that are that are just about him as a as a human being. So yeah. um, you know, it, it it works because you're gonna stand out. You're gonna you're gonna not be um what uh I don't I can't remember if it was Ben or he, he learned it from Bonnie Gillespie, but just um the, the term whacker mm-hmm. that they that they use, you know, the yeah. whacker that's like Hey, let's network, and that's why I use yeah. that word. Like handing you a card. Here's, and saying, here's my headshot. Here's hey, my headshot. Are you, do you ever when your roster? It's like, settle down, man. Like let's <laughs> let's connect as people. Calm first. down. <laughs> like find out what your favorite food is. Find out what your favorite movies are. Where you want to travel next. Do you have any pets? Like that's the kind of thing that that's the relationship building. Networking is such an icky term, man. Anybody listening? I mean, long time listeners know this, but people who are new haven't heard us chat about this yet. Take the word networking and just get it out of your vocabulary. Just <laughs> erase it. And replace it with relationship building. Yeah. Get to know people, man. Yeah. People hire their friends. Make some friends. Don't network. That's disgusting. Go away with your networking. Your homework this week. Um, yeah. yeah. What would it be if we were to sign homework? It'd be uh, go go cultivate relationships. Yeah. Go, I mean, you know, go I build would, new ones. Cultivate the existing ones. Let's make it actionable. Let's say uh, find somebody in your cell phone contacts or on in your Facebook friends or whatever and just for no reason other than to say hi reach out to them and say how you doing what's new in your world how can I how can I uh, be of be of support to you in in whatever your vision is right now that's and that's it you don't want to get anything from them it might be awkward but that's that's not the point the point is to just practice coming from a space of servitude yeah. I love it. All right. There's the homework. There's the homework assignment. Report Boom. back. <laughs> Report back. <laughs> so we have this membership event coming up on the 24th, which guess what? I can't go to anymore because oh, of time issues. Of time. Are you sure? Um, I'm, time. I'm sure it's time. <laughs> yes. I'll be there. I'll be there with bells on. Well, I don't know if I'll have bells, but I will certainly be there. And um, many of our members will be as well, even if you're out of town. Uh, Deb has set up a way to, you know, we're going to use a combination of either FaceTime or Skype and Google Hangout. So even if you're not in the city of Los Angeles, but you can make yourself available this Thursday, um, September 24th from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we'll be there um, with bells on at the uh, location that is technically a secret unless you RSVP and are a Mm -hmm. member. It's in Culver City. It's in the west side. It's it's nearby. <laughs> From 4 to 8 or so, right? On Thursday the 24th. Yeah. And <clears throat> I guess Jen or Deborah will send us a link to to share with the RSVP members about how to... How to yep. Yeah, you're not only going to get the, uh, the, the, the link if you're out of town, the address if you're in town, but also um, Deb is... He- created these very simple but very effective questions to set everyone up to win for that event yes. i'm so excited yeah it's really smart because basically it's um it's about i mean here we are talking about relationships again it's about creating relationships with the other people in the membership so that you can find out what other people's strengths and weaknesses are what your strength and strengths and weaknesses are and then how to support each other um knowing that information that's basically what the entire event is about and so deb is sending these very specific very simple but very effective questions to everyone who rsvps and it's, it's very cool um and in addition to that we're going to be uh you know we're going to be noshing if you want to bring something feel free it's not a potluck we definitely want to gift these things to our our members um but uh but feel free you know if you want to share something with uh, with the community that would um you know, that would be amazing, of course, but it's not a requirement. 
This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you, of course, by none other than Rehearsal Pro. Yeah, that's right. I said the word pro. The next version of Rehearsal, the essential app for actors, is coming. And you can be a part of it. Just go to rehearsal.pro slash IAP right now to get it to get in on the Indiegogo campaign and put in your feature request. How cool is that? What other Indiegogo campaign do you know allows you to say like, hey, I want it to look like this. So you can have a voice, you can donate to the campaign and also get a discount. That's right, get the new version of Rehearsal at a discount. And this is exclusive for listeners of Inside Acting. If you back the campaign for $12, you get a copy of Rehearsal Pro at a 40% discount. So the $12 is 40% off of what I guess the retail price will be. So you get it for $12 at 40% discount. Just use our link, which is rehearsal.pro slash IAP. Click on the contribute now button and enter $12. Very simple. Use that link. We'll keep track and we all get to be a part of the creation of this next version of rehearsal, Rehearsal Pro. Contribute now and make the app yours with your feature requests at rehearsal.pro slash IAP. So I am very honored and very excited to play this voicemail for our listeners. It's just warm, fuzzy fest to the max. And uh, what's really nice about this is, you know, this podcast is a lot of work. And I, I've, I've shared this with some listeners and with UAJ and on the show before that oftentimes it feels as though, it, it can feel as though, you know, we click publish on this thing and then it just kind of goes off into the internet and we don't really know if people, and we can see the numbers, you know, but it's, it's also, it's, sometimes it's like, well, did they actually listen to it or, you know, or did they just put it on its background noise or did they get bored and just not delete it from their feed? You know, like, but this voicemail is proof that um, we're doing something cool in the world. And I wanted to share it because this is somebody who has invested in the podcast uh, not only financially but energetically as well, mm. and really made it pay back for her herself in spades. So here's a voicemail from longtime listener Katra about uh, how the podcast has supported her on her journey. Hey guys, it's Katra. I just wanted to send a huge thank you from the bottom of my heart for such an amazing community of people. The Inside Acting Podcast has been the best accidental discovery of my life. And I truly mean that. I cannot express to you how much I've learned, been inspired by, grown from listening to these episodes. Just the simple fact that I now have company in the car when I'm driving in traffic for two hours from Long Beach to LA for the various acting things we all go through, auditions, classes, and the like. That's not even the half of it, though. The, the membership and the community members I've met. Today, I just wrapped my very first film shoot that I've ever organized myself. Boom. With the help of Inside Acting podcast listeners, I never thought that'd ever be possible. I thought that I was always going to be held back by my own roadblocks. But through the inspiration from the podcast and the encouragement of my fellow peers, I was able to make it happen. And not only that, but it turned out really good. I am so inspired and thankful. I just wanted to send a voicemail and say that. So thank you guys for such an amazing outlet and opportunity. And I hope it continues to grow and change people lot and change people's lives like it did mine see i can't even speak i'm so happy thank you guys bye okay so uh thank you katra i i think i think katra should uh should check out a career in voiceover too you know seriously i know it's like voice she's got a great voice she's very articulate um and she knows how to use her voice clearly to tell an effective story yeah i was enrolled like i was listening to the whole her voice panel i was like yeah yeah and then what Uh, yeah and (laughs) And then what happened so uh a little feedback for you there you you sell me that product (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what it is but i'm gonna buy it at the end of this yeah uh but katra thank you so much for your support um for being so committed to the journey uh and for taking uh, powerful action really and mm. doing what is scary for a lot of people which is moving forward with your own work um, so congratulations on that can't wait to see it did Please she share it with us did she also say that she did it with other IAP yeah. listeners yeah, she did. like that's uh, oh, that's my heart singing oh. <laughs> that's called the power of community <clears throat> Amen. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So we also have a question from longtime listener and member Eric. And he writes in and says, uh, he's got a question about turning down roles. Last fall, he says he was in a student short film, his first lead role. He said the shoot was great, but the end result was 
kind of bad on every level, like embarrassingly bad. And he thought, you know, whatever, live and learn. Now, the director is trying to make another version of that same short, and he's starting a crowdfunding campaign, and he wants Eric to reprise the lead role. He said the script is virtually unchanged, so he's kind of understandably leaning towards not being a part of this. Uh, He says if it were a different script or it were a feature film, it could be worth it. But why do the same thing again Mm. if it was bad in the first place? So he wants to know if we have any suggestions of how to sort of elegantly turn down the role without being mean. Hmm. And I, I, my from the gut, my from the hip response, whatever you want to say, I butchered that saying, but (laughs) you know what I mean, uh, is... um, this is not as difficult as some situations could be because you've already done the same thing. Like, so you could, you know, sort of use the, I don't want to say excuse, but the uh, reason that you've already done this. It's its not new territory for you. And I think it was you, AJ, that what, what were Uta Hagen's four questions? One of them was, oh, is yeah. it, will it help, will it make you grow? Will yeah. it encourage your growth? Yeah. It sounds like this would not... Uh, and I, Eric, I, I know you personally, I know you've got a lot of things going on and, um, there's a great, you know, I'm going to share this in the show notes. There's a great, uh, thing from Austin Cleon about how to gracefully say no Ooh. to people, how to gracefully decline invitations. So I'll make sure that I share that in the show notes, that link to that. I definitely want to check that it's out. It's like yeah. a template and it, it, it's, it's great. It's like a feedback sandwich. It's like acknowledging them right off the bat for being awesome for, thank you for your interest. I love it. Unfortunately, I have to say no because of reason A, reason B, reason C, and then you close it with, but I'd be happy to refer you to some other leads or interested parties. Wow. Um, so it's a graceful way to yeah. still be honest and still be of value to them while honoring your own sort of inner gut feeling. Yeah. that's I love that. Yeah. Um, I have I have one clarifying question I want I, about this because... Um, I want to know what was what made the original product so bad. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, now that he's doing a crowdfunding campaign, if he were successful in the crowdfunding campaign and he had that money, was it money? Was it like the production value that made it bad? You know, or was it or was it the script? Because um, that's what Eric is saying is that it ha- is that the script hasn't changed, right? So if the script hasn't changed and that and once he saw it all put together, he's like, oh, this is a bad script. Then you know, like, okay, I definitely need to not do this. But if the production value were to increase, would that fix the issues or not? And if the answer is still no, then okay, we're back to where we're you know what the original question was. Right. Um, I we never encourage you know lying on on the podcast, but. Um, one thing that my reps have done in the past, if I, um, am like, you know, in a position to not do something, but we don't want to burn a bridge with a particular entity, whether it be a casting director or a producer or director or whatever is we'll just say, I'm shooting something else at mm-hmm. that time. And I was going to say, that's not going to work in this situation because if he's doing a crowdfunding campaign, this direct writer director would, would hold out for Eric. He wants Eric to be his lead. So that's not really going to work. Um, so then the other thing that I was going to focus on was the, the art itself and just being honest, which is exactly what you just said, Trevor, because I just turned down a, um, an audition and everybody involved in this, I don't want to name names because everyone involved in this thinks that this musical is going to Broadway and it's, in my opinion, it just wasn't for me. I don't want to say it was terrible because, you know, we've, we, we had this conversation about how challenging it could be for somebody to like create this art and put it out into the world and yeah. and and be that vulnerable to to do that so i don't want to say it was bad it just was not for me i yeah. i personally did not think it was good because of my whatever my sensibilities are in the world yeah. and um so when i hear them say like oh it's going to broadway i'm like okay it's going without me like i i'm you know i'm not you know coming in and um, you know, I, there were some people out there involved with that project, specifically the casting director who thought that I was making a dumb decision. Mm. Um, but you know, there's also a lot to be said for, I, maybe not even a lot to be said. There's everything to be said for artistic integrity, like just knowing, yeah. you know, what, what kind of art you want to put out into the world. And it's, and it's rough when we're all starting out, we've had the, the similar questions to this and it's like, Oh, should we work for free? 
Should we work on something we know is going to be bad just for the experience? Should we do this? Should we turn it down? Should we not? Whatever. And when we're just starting out and, and we and we all need tape and we're trying to build our reels, it, it makes these kinds of questions tougher than they should be, you know, which is yeah. kind of a bummer. Yeah. But at the same time, I go, well, what, how does it, you know, and we do this all the time, Trev, you and I say, like, what's your gut telling you? You know, what, yeah. what is it? You know, what's the feeling? So, um, which is not Eric's question. Eric's question isn't, should I or shouldn't I? It's, it's how should I? He seems pretty, pretty committed to <laughs> right. the, yeah. yeah. But yeah, and then that, that brings up another thing, because this started out as a really simple answer, and now it's much more sort of gray area. But, you know, we all start somewhere. Is it possible that this director could have grown and could have done other work and right. you know, I mean we all like I think Ira, there's that great quote by Ira Glass that you know like the only way that you're going to be able to close the gap between your taste which he says is the thing that got you into the game of cre- place, creating yeah. uh, and you know the work that you're currently doing it's just by going through a body of work and you'll hear writer after writer after writer give the advice to write shitty first drafts and ship at 80%. You know, like, just get the bad stuff out. You, there's only way th- out is through. And so it's very possible this director could have just gotten his crap out. And now he's he's learned a lot. And he's ready for the next project, which could be awesome. Um, so there's there's that piece I of the puzzle, too. I feel that so much with auditions. <laughs> yeah. I think about the... Tra- I mean, we talked about this, right? The wake or trail of crap auditions that we've left in our <laughs> yeah. path. Like, oh God. Don't uh, remind me. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to just kind of wrap up with is is something that uh, popped into my head when you were speaking, AJ, about this, this musical not being for you. Uh, it very well may go to Broadway, and it may have legs underneath it that maybe you aren't seen but that's because it's just not the right fit it's yeah. just not a match until it is and i think it was james dumont maybe um who said you know if you don't get a role don't beat yourself up about it because it wasn't yours to begin with mm. like it's not a yeah. match until it is yeah and it just wasn't meant for you and the one that is meant for you is out there still and you're getting closer to it by practicing yeah by going in and doing the practice of these meetings and these auditions every yeah time. so so if it's not for you it's not for you like that that's all it is it just wasn't the right match but yeah. you still got to be in the game yeah yeah well eric that we answered a lot of questions that weren't yours with the exception <laughs> of um with the exception of uh trev's uh, austin cleon thing which i'll right, post in, right. the, in the show notes so hopefully that is supportive and hopefully the rest of the conversation was supportive to other people and and eric thank you for the question and for spurring on I think this was a cool conversation. For spurring on the cool it was a conversation. Great conversation. I just don't know if we answered this question. <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> All right, so we are already running long. So let's go ahead and jump into part two with Jenica, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I don't really have much more to say than what I said in the intro. So uh, enjoy this, guys. We'll catch you on the other side. producer with my husband as part of our uh, company called Purpose Pictures. And as a part of Purpose Pictures, we want to work on things that have a purpose (laughs) and mean a lot to us and we're passionate about. So I want to work on it in every single part of my brain. Is I guess is Purpose Pictures the LLC that you started or do you are you saying that you started an LLC for every project? Well, I think you're supposed to say to producers out there that you should start an LLC for every project. And the 15 years of that life is very important for legal reasons. But we have Purpose Pictures, our company, but um, we're doing our first two features under the same LLC. (laughs) I will say that I am making that mistake and other people will probably do the same. Um, It's Gordon Family Tree, the movie LLC that we started for that film. But Purpose Pictures is the uh, company we've been uh, when we did web and into short content and feature content and everything that we do. Got it. Got it. It's all under that umbrella. But as a mom, um, all of this had to take a backseat 
we planned to start working on kids for our family after we shot Gordon Family Tree. And there's a shot near the end of Gordon Family Tree, which was a um, uh, addition. We, we did a test screening and we decided to change a little bit up with the ending. And so we added some shots. So I'm like, I don't know, six months pregnant in one of the shots. You just can't tell. One of our other actresses is super pregnant as well. But we decided to have kids after we were done shooting. So during the post-production process, I can bake a human. And then <laughs> we can go to the film festival circuit, which we kind of overlapped with my human making. So most of my film festival pictures, all every award that we won, we won top eight awards and honors, which was ugh, such an honor at the International Family Film Festival, Big Bear Lake International Film Festival, Film Fest Twain Hart, Offshoot, like so many great festivals. We had a wonderful time. And I was so pregnant. It was so big. It was <laughs> impossible. And then um, I had a baby. And <sighs> babies don't want you to work. Babies don't like you to be on the computer. Babies don't like any of that. Um it's hard. It's really hard. I'm not going to say that any single day is easy. None of it's like it was before. I have to now, my son is uh, very clingy. We do attachment parenting, which is a very detailed list, meaning that I have no time for myself. And I love it. But I'm just now at a year and a half able to get a babysitters, um, this one babysitter for two hours a day. And so I have her for two hours and then I'm with him for an hour playing and apologizing that I was gone. And then I put him <laughs> down for a nap. So I have like another hour and a half to work. And then he wakes up and I'm like, great, you can watch your favorite show, Sesame Street, for one hour. So I probably get close to um, five hours of work done, probably three or four days a week. And then when my husband comes home at night, we get work done. We talk on the phone all day long. I'm sending him emails from my phone while I'm breastfeeding my baby. I've got my arm over him writing emails with my left hand on my iPhone. And <laughs> he's stopping at work at different people's houses and like writing me emails back. I'm making phone calls all day. Every time I'm in the car, I'm on the phone talking to some vendor or location or actor or hiring. And we do Kickstarters on top of that, which is if anybody listening has done a Kickstarter, you might cry just saying, it is a full-time job outside of filmmaking. It is harder than making a movie. It is more vulnerable. It's more upsetting to every part of your core. It's more nerve-wracking because it's hard. You have your reputation at stake. You're ruining, you know, in your own opinion, relationships with, you know, my friend from middle school who's so happy I'm an actor is giving money to this project. That hurts for me to know that they're doing that twice, two different movies, three years apart. Like, it's hard. Hmm. But that's what makes it so good. I'm, I want to be honest. It's not because it's, like, super late at night and I'm tired and it's three hours past my bedtime and I miss my baby. Like, I love how hard it is because that's what's going to separate me from other people. That's what's going to make um, the people who want to work with me attracted to me and vice versa. I'm attracted. When I see that other, oh, this other producer, her name's Michelle. Her and her husband work super hard. The projects, I see how hard she works. She's got two kids now. I'm like, oh, I want to work with her. I see what she does. She sees what I do. We're in the same war together. I can't wait to like sit and make art with her. That's what I hope all of this will come out to is at the end, of each project, not like at the end of life, uh, people will, who are like-minded, who have the artistic side of their brain and the administrative side of their brain that are working together. It's hard, but I want to work with those people that work this hard because I have no interest in just hoping things work out. Hmm. I like this part and making movies is really fun. <laughs> I, I love, I want to quote that all day, every day, what you said about loving how hard it is. I like, like, I think you said, I love how hard it is because I know that it's going to separate me from, from others. Um, it's, that's huge. It, it reminds me of, um, I think there's a quote or maybe it's a YouTube video or something I saw of, of Will Smith talking about like his work ethic or something. And, um, and just, you know, knowing that, 
he, he someone else can be more talented than him someone else can can you know have m- maybe more relationships than he does in in the industry but he he always said no one's ever going to work harder than me you know yeah. no, one, no one's ever going to outwork me um i mean i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing but I really love that, and I love that it inspires you not only artistically, but also inspires you to uh, be attracted to and attract other people who are up to the same thing, other artists who are up to the same thing. Yeah. That's... It really does. (laughs) That's amazing. It it sounds crazy, because that means I'm just going to make colleague friends with other crazy people. (laughs) That's all right. Well, we're we'll, we're all crazy. We're all artists, crazy artists. It's fine. Everybody's exactly. Everybody has to be at least a little bit crazy in order to do what we do. <laughs> That's true. There are so many things in life that I could be happy doing because I'm a happy person. So it didn't matter what I wanted to do. It really doesn't. But I would work this hard no matter what it was. But my husband and I both share this passion, which is rare, and we're very grateful and happy that we do. He inspires me because he's the hardest working, nicest human that's ever walked the earth. So it's easy for me to just ride his coattails. Um, We didn't want to stop our lives for this, though. And that's something that I'm sure a lot of multi-hyphenates or even just performers or filmmakers with families in Los Angeles, it's really hard to choose when. And luckily, I'm an actor that that plays older than my age. And I know that there's going to come a time probably in about five years where all the roles that I audition for, I'm actually the right age for, for once. And I want my children to be in school when I'm at that streak. And I knew that it was important for us in our life that we not put our family on hold for this, uh, united passion we have. So it was, um, a decision to start having kids. And then when we're done filming Parker's anchor in January, then we can have the next kid. And with the same plan that we will do the film festival circuit, decide, you know, how we want to do things, market things, make all of our decisions while we're having the next baby. And we'll probably end up doing another feature before another baby, if at all. But, um, it's really hard to put your life on hold when you become a family. It puts you in a different, uh, category because we've made these films mostly on personal debt and that is impossibly hard and stressful and terrible. And I'm sure destroys marriages left and right in the city. I don't know how other people would recover from what we've been through, but to us, it's always been a joy, no matter how hard it is and awful. And there's, there was a while there where we did eat, what was it? I made ramen in different styles for a while. I was like, oh, we're going to do broccoli and ramen tonight. Oh, we're going to do this and ramen tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a weird thing for a married couple to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more like a college feeling. But we're really happy uh, combining the two, having a baby. Um, he His first day on set, he worked as a background actor with me on our film, The Man in the Trunk, we filmed when he was five weeks old. He and I played um, sad, desolate, gambling mother in a casino truck stop or whatever, gas station. And he was neglected baby in my arms. Like, you know, he's going to live this life with us. <laughs> he's coming along for the ride. And Ryan holds him while I did uh while I do makeup on him and that film that I was like, uh, uh, helping out with the special effects makeup department. And I was putting all this blood and horrible things. And we have photos of him holding a five week old little infant baby, just looking at him like bleeding and putting makeup all over it. Like it's a fun, it's a fun life to be a part of. I grew up in the church. So I grew up with my mother and father involved. My dad was the pastor. My mom was, um, everything, the worship leader, associate pastor, ran the drama department, all of those things. So I'm used to like crazy, artistic, odd hours of the night, all night long, whole family experiences. And I want that for our families. So to say that I want to juggle all this is silly. I feel like I was raised to think this is the way you do family. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and like you said earlier, how how grateful you are that you found someone else who shares the same level of passion because otherwise, you know, between the, the child or the family, the insane hours and the, the financial stuff, the financial uh, 
question marks of you know the the personal debt and etc. If you if you didn't have that partner, it probably wouldn't work. I mean, there's no way to you know we can't sit here and make assumptions, but uh, you know. Oh no, it's true. I mean, you can only get so many credit cards in your own name. At least there's two names here. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a great. That's a great way to look at it. Hey, at least there's two of us. Um, that's so funny. Um, so I want to ask you, we, we have these two questions that we always um, end every interview with. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask them, but I'm going to modify one of them and ask it early. Um, which is, I want to know, what is like the one biggest piece of advice that you would have for let's say an aspiring filmmaker, an aspiring content creator, like what's the one piece of advice to, you know, another multi hyphenate or something when they want to put together a product? Cause you've done it all, right? You've created a production company. You've created the LLCs for the particular projects you've written, you've produced, you've starred in. So you've been through every, every step of the process. You've gone to film festivals. So what's, what's your, what's your big, piece of advice for people who are, who want to bend your ear and say, you know, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this project. My first response would of course be do it <laughs> no matter what, just do it. And a big thing that I have been reflecting on recently as I age into the industry is I'm meeting other people who I'm they make me sad because they are sad. This acting career, which I will put first and foremost in this, is so important to me. But I am a happy person. I have found my partner, my love, my family, my family outside of us, uh, our friends' family. I have found my group of people I want to work with. And I have found ways to make it work and I'm not at all going to say those things came outside of me. It came from a peaceful um, inner strength that comes from my spirituality and who I am. Whatever that is for you, you know, random filmmaker who's asking me this question, hmm. I would love for you to find what it is that makes you grounded and happy because any art you create will not be complete if it's not coming from a real person. And I was speaking with an actress today um, who is saying to herself, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> if something happens or doesn't happen, what, what did I do with my life? If you don't know the answer of what you did with your life now, whether or not your, your um, preconceived ideas of what a career looks like in the field that you're pursuing, if you don't know what you've done with your life, if you're not happy where you are right now, um, if you're not happy being poor and hungry and hoping, I don't know. Um, don't do it. Hmm. I am blessed. I am happy. I have my people. But I see and I have seen and I see it everywhere what it looks like when somebody doesn't have that. And to not have it, to not be at peace at every step of the way is hard. It's too hard. It's not right. And you will not be happy at the end saying, what did I do with my life? Because it will never be enough. Every time I get a job, it's never as big or as good as the job I want. I want to be at a different place. I'm always looking up. I'm always walking down the hallway, trying to find the furthest door or up the stairs, whatever the metaphor is. So my advice would be find what makes you happy now where you are because just assume you're never changing where you are and who you are right now. So get happy with that and figure that out first because nobody wants to work with somebody who doesn't know. I only want to work with real people who have an interesting story to say. Our first feature that I love was based on the handyman work that Ryan does for a living. It's a survival job. Like That's not his passion. That's not where his heart is. But it made him a real person and made the story worth watching. Hmm. Wow. I, it's so funny because I, I, now I don't need to ask you that other question. I mean, that was it because the question is always, 
we always ask two questions and, and one of them is always, you know, if you had one piece of advice, one nugget of advice, uh, you know, that you could leave, what would it be? Like, what's your main, your, your biggest piece of advice? And, you know, I was saying I was focused on the, you know, the filmmaking stuff because, you know, that's, you, you've gotten very good at it and you turned it around and did exactly what we try to do on the podcast all the time, which is to focus on the inner game and say, you know, get happy <laughs> with where you are <laughs> or, or move on. Um, you know, so as opposed to the advice being something, you know, directly, quote unquote, directly related to the creation of the art, you know, you take that step back and say, no, you get to be a complete person. You get to be happy with who you be. Otherwise, I think you said something along the lines of, uh, you know, the, the art that you create will be incomplete. And that's just so, ah, so beautiful. So, yeah, I think you, <laughs> I think you already answered that question. Um, the well, other you know how when you watch a movie, it makes you feel all the feels. All there the are feels. so many movies that I watch that I, and I know while I'm watching it, this was made by a sad person. It's mm. not like it's a sad movie. But the things I'm supposed to feel are not right. They don't understand. And then you watch other movies that are like suspenseful or interesting or vi it could be any genre. It could be any type of film. But you, you just feel like that artist was trying to tell a story hmm. and or move you or make you feel or make you or expose you to something or, you know, it could be a wretched, horrible story. It could be a beautiful, happy, inspiring story. But, you know. You can tell the difference, and I like the art that, you know, are people you want to work with, and I want everybody to be happy. Once you're here for a few years, honestly, when you wave goodbye to so many friends moving trucks when they go off and leave the state and have their babies, you can tell the difference between the ones who are staying and the ones who are going 10 years before they stay or go. Mm. We know which ones are staying, and I think they know too. Wow. Wow, that is so intense to think about, especially knowing the hometown that I came from and everything. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I totally feel you on that. Um, wow, thank you for that. Uh, I, I, so now I'm really interested to hear your answer to the other question that we always ask at the end, which is, um, do you feel like this career or this lifestyle chose you or you chose it? Mm. Um, I think like I was uh, beginning a little bit about earlier, I was raised in, I, I hate saying the church because to people who are pastor's kids, it makes sense. But to people who are not pastor's kids, it's a place of oppression and fear and hatred and assimilation. And that's not what I mean when I say the church. I was raised in a church of parents who left a denomination to create their own church in Southern California, Moreno Valley, Riverside area. When I uh, became an actor, like officially, I knew this is what I was going to do. It, it was always there. There are people that, um, when you're raised in the church, watched you grow up, held you in the nursery, um, helped play with you in plays, uh, got your costumes ready for the Easter Sunday. You know, these people are with you their whole life and they remember you and they know things about you that you don't know. And they've seen me on stage since I was a child when my mom would, at any point, I'm the youngest, at any point in time, she could say, oh, you're going to go up on stage and you're going to read this thing and then we're going to go into this. Or for middle segment, I need you to do an interpretive dance to Via Dolorosa. Um, I think we have a black cloak in the back. Like anything could happen. And I will probably get up there and do it. And I love it. And people will uncomfortably come up to me afterwards with tears in their eyes and say how they were moved. And I had nothing to do with that. I was just a, you know, a person who enjoys performing and who is genuine. I was a person that they knew and they were touched and the, um, you know, the experience you're there for church is what got them. I had, I was a person who was just participating in the process. I always was a performer. I was always told I was a performer. I always loved stories. My dad, my favorite part of his uh, sermons is he's a storyteller. 
He's a great storyteller. He loves movies. He would show parts of movies illegally in his sermons. He would um, tell these hilarious stories that I knew front to back because every year on that Sunday, I know he's going to tell that one story. Or people would laugh when you hear the beginning of it because you know what's going to happen. My mom was a singer. She put together arrangements of musicals. She would take all of these songs and hymns and styles and create experiences. She didn't just sing song A and B and C this Sunday and D, E and F next Sunday. She always created, she created this thing called Coffee Shop Sunday, which is always in September when people are coming back. And it's a great time to invite your friend because we're going to do tables. We're going to do Beatles songs that are made into worship songs. You know, like she was that person who created experiences, there was no way I was not going to be a filmmaker. (laughs) My brother is a director. My other brother is a musician. Um, We're all very independent artists. We all do our own thing. And I want to tell stories. Uh, My uh, brother that's a director, Mark Hampson, he is the most inspirational visual storyteller I've ever worked with or will ever work with. As an actor, I feel most safe with him, not just because he's my brother, which is lovely because he says mean things to me and it's easy because he's my brother, (laughs) but um, he's a storyteller. He works in comics books. Like Everything about who I am is who I am. And my husband is, like I've said, the nicest human to ever walk the earth. And he's a positive person, and we want to tell stories that positively influence people's lives. And it just seems like it fit. Like, it all seemed like it was always walking this direction. This was always plan A. This was always the point. Hmm. So, yes, is the answer. (laughs) 20 (laughs) minutes later. No, no. The answer is, you know, that you felt like it it, uh, chose you. And every single day, I think other people will say that it chose them and now they're here. Every single day I feel that way. In Gordon Family Tree, we made a movie about a guy who builds tree houses across the country. That year, while we were in pre-production, my husband's best friends from high school, like Josh Hart, opened a tree house building business in the city where we were filming. Like, that's impossibly perfect. Stop it. Like, ser- seriously, Stop we hired it. him to build the tree houses. We're like, who does that? That's not a thing. That's not a profession. But we were writing a movie about that being a profession. And then for this one, Parker's Anchor, it's about a woman who is struggling with infertility and she starts her life over. And it was a really important project because we keep encountering all these women who we mention a little bit, like, what the story's about. And they're like, oh, that happened to me. That happened to me. That ha-. Like, the entire thing is exactly their lives. And Parker's anchor is about her starting over and joining the community and what's it life to, uh, like to start your second chapter in life. And then the store in town where we're filming, we already have a relationship with their first store, The Mustache. They opened a second sister store called The Anchor. And we're filming in their store called The Anchor. Like, it's already made. There's already signs on the walls. It's like we don't have to do any work sometimes because the work is finding us. Wow. It's and, nice. And the title was already, I mean, you guys already had oh, the title. For years. I have a I have a tattoo of an anchor on my chest. Like, that's how it's been there since years ago. It's always been what we were going to do. And hopefully the next feature we're working on and the next feature and the next feature, hopefully we'll know that it's what we were supposed to do and that it finds us because we'll obviously see the signs. Wow. Wow. Uh, I'm speechless, honestly. That's amazing. I love those stories. Um, and thank you for your answers. Um, wow. Great stuff. Uh, Jenica, this has been amazing. Um, I think, you know, we've been talking about, uh, having more parents on the podcast. We've had a few, uh, a few mothers that we definitely want to get, you know, some father's perspectives on here as well, but I really appreciate you, opening up not only about your art and your, you know, the stuff that you're up to there, but also your, um, your personal journey as well. It's been fantastic. I think, uh, I think our listeners will really find it valuable. Thank you very much for having me. I would 
to share with anyone. I'm a huge proponent of education and sharing and telling just what you're going through because people will take from it what they're supposed to. So if people want to find out more about you or, or even get in touch with you, like, um, you know, how, how would they find out about you and, and Purpose Pictures and, and, and maybe con- are you on Twitter and all that good stuff? I am on, yes, I am on Twitter. I am at Jenica Renee. I um, am trying to be very uh, vocal on Twitter and Instagram. And I do Facebook through like my personal page, but all of our film pages, but also like all of our film stuff. Honestly, my husband and I, personal acting websites are on our company website, <laughs> purposepicturesproductions.com. <laughs> so all of our stuff is there because, I mean, Purpose Pictures kind of encompasses everything that we're working on as well as our acting careers because those are all one and the same now. Um, but yeah, anybody who would like to personally contact me about things, I think I would be most likely to answer through Twitter right away awesome. at Jenica Renee. Awesome. I, ha- I Based on uh, the story of the anchor, the anchor and the tree houses, I have a feeling that uh, there's a couple out there with a one and a half year old son who's going to tweet you uh <laughs> at some point in the next you know couple of weeks and say like hey uh, let's make a film together or something <laughs> i'll be perfect do you have a baseball field i can't wait to film there that's exactly <laughs> whatever it is yeah exactly exactly um <laughs> awesome well thank you again Jenica. it was great talking thank you very much aj for having me everybody welcome back to episode 209 the part with me and aj in the same room talking uh hope you guys dug that jenica is pretty awesome i think i gotta say dude good good find who, who was the listener that recommended her no, it, was us, deb. Right? it was deb yeah yeah that's yeah. right so yeah, thank you deb, deb just worked on her most recent project or something like that but yeah i was really i mean as somebody who you know is interested in starting a family she, she, she's right there you know they, yeah. they've only been married a, a few years and they've got a one and a half year old child but they're working together to create this art and i was like oh man this is I, like I, I can see i can see me being there in you know mm-hmm. five years and it's uh it's a perfect it's great because we haven't had that perspective on the show that that unique perspective you know we've had people who have kids who are in the industry but not a husband and wife team making their own content with a young child. Yeah. A child who really, at this point, still requires 24-7 right. care. And I said that in the interview. I was like, you know, we just had Brandy Ford on, for instance, who has three kids, but they're sort of, they're they're older, which doesn't make things yeah. easier by any stretch. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, um, it's, it is interesting to talk to these people at different phases of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have somebody who's so, who's got such a... Um, a great you know view on the whole thing you know yeah. i asked her uh you guys just heard but in in the interview you know i asked i wanted to get some real practical pragmatic information for from her for people who are self-producing or or um you know multi-hyphenates it's like what's your what's your one piece of advice sort of accidentally asking her our final question because instead of being like well you you know hire a line producer and do this and do that and da, 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 which we have heard she goes right to well just make sure you're a happy person first <laughs> you know and it's like okay yeah. yeah i mean it's it's validating because it means we're on the right track when it comes to the podcast yeah. too so and th- and that comes back to what we've said recently on the show which is let joy and happiness be your guides yeah. you know for brandy it looked a little bit different her kids are grown but you know she was she, she was happiest she she let her sort of inner self guide her to stepping away from acting a little bit and focusing more on writing and yet the end result has still more or less been the same number 1 she's happy and her journey is working for her and number two, she's got an award-winning short film out on HBO Go. Like, yeah. And then Jenica's happy. And she's got these feature films that she's producing with her. Like, it's it works. No matter, if, as long as you let joy and happiness be your guide, you can't go wrong. Yeah. And it doesn't have to look like the other person's journey looked step by step. It, right. It can be different. So right. I, I just love that we get to have these different perspectives and different scenarios and still have the same end result 
via a different path. Right. Yes. Right. Success. <laughs> yes. All right. So what is your pick of the week? This week? Uh, my pick of the week is uh, a book that um, I've actually been uh, enjoying on audio with uh, Jasmine. Um, it's called Better Than Before. Mastering the Habits of Our Everyday Lives by a woman named Gretchen Rubin. Yeah, the Happiness Project, right? Yes, same yeah. woman who did the Happiness Project, yes. And what's funny is um, she even references that in this book because she talks about how she was talking to her husband about everything she was finding out about habits and the way that we form habits and, and, and all this stuff. And, and he started laughing and she was like, why are you laughing? And he said, well, because your first book was about um, you know, what makes people happen. And your second book is about what really makes people happy. <laughs> you, you thought you were writing a book on happiness, but yeah. you actually were, now you're writing a book on happiness. Yeah. Um, and it's so fascinating. It reminded me about of so many other uh, things that we've talked about on the podcast, like David Allen's Getting Things Done, because she talks about taking the, the decision-making out of habits. So if you think about David Allen taking... Um, and his approach, taking the decision-making out of tasks, she's she's talking about taking the decision-making out of habits. Yeah. And then um, she really focuses on the whole first third of the book is focused on self-discovery so that you know what drives you and how you form habits so that you can create better systems for yourself yeah. to create those habits, even if it's no systems at all. She talks about like this, this um, rebellious... Um, habit forming type of person who like you know the idea is to like trick yourself and tell yourself you're not going to do that thing and then you probably will so <laughs> things like that anyway um, it's really great um, we're about uh, like I said a third of the way through it right now but it's like already like so many mind blowing you know nuggets of wisdom and we're pausing it every so often and having discussions and learning about each other even and, and, and how we can support each other and you know what, what kind of things work and what don't work what I love about it besides everything that I that I just said in addition to all of that is <clears throat> she recognizes the differences in people and how there's no such thing which is this is very podcast actually this is very inside acting she recognizes that there's no such thing as a system that works for everyone and she's not trying to sell anyone on like you have to do it this way if you want to be a productive successful person right. she's like that doesn't work everybody's different so her whole goal with this book is to is to support you in figuring out um, what kind of like how you operate and then how um, you can use these tips and tricks and tools to like support yourself in that particular personality type yeah I guess. yeah so I love that because it's ve it's very like not everybody's the same and I'm not going to try and tell you you are you right know? right um, which a lot of these I feel like a lot of these like you know getting things done seven habits of highly successful people like all the you know all these like books that are out there like this um um, sort of l look at they. It, it's like they look at success or successful people, and then try to break down what they all what all those successful people do, and then and then sort of boil it into the lowest lowest common denominator steps. Right. You know, and it's like okay, that's great. That works for all. And basically, you can look at all the successful people and go, those are all like Type A personalities that work this particular. You know, everybody sort of looks kind of similar yeah, or what yeah. have you. Um, so anyway, I just really appreciate her approach in it. That's great. I, I like that a lot because I I I believe that you know there are principles that are pretty universal. There are things that all successful people understand and live their lives by certain sort of sort of unlike unalienable truths mm. that that just are prerequisites for being your highest self you know day to day to day and it's it's a practice but when it comes to like systems and people say like here is the system like follow these steps there's power in that but the real power in that is taking those steps finding what applies to you and then discarding the rest. Yeah. Or and, finding completely new steps. Yeah. Or, or making new steps. Yeah. Or you, taking yeah. those, or taking the principles, extracting the principles from that and then creating your own system. Yeah. Cause like, I think, I, I believe in systems. I believe in the power of habit and, and the power of taking like the decision making, you know, aspect out of it so you can get that willpower back and spend it on something else. But, uh, I don't necessarily believe in a one size fits all. Like, like she says. So I think that's great. Yeah. It's brilliant. It sounds like, uh, Sounds like the truth is what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like the only way you can do it. That's right. Which is your like. way. 
Um, Great. Yeah, I think you. I think you especially would dig this. You should. You should definitely check it out. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. What, awesome. Um, what is your pick of the week? So my app is a fun. My app. My app. You gave it I away. Just gave it away. <laughs> my pick of the week. My app of the week is a pick. Uh, my pick of the week is an app. It's called DSPO. It's by the folks over at Hipstamatic who make a really great sort of like vintage camera app. It's like Instagram on steroids. Hipstamatic is actually Ogle is their their version of Instagram on steroids. But there's this app called DSPO and it's really fun. Essentially, it's a shared camera. So let me just kind of use an example to explain how it works. Say you're in New York, just for instance, and I'm here in LA and you and I both have this app and we join, we, we, we connect with each other on the app and we start a camera. Okay. So let's say there's a time limit on every camera too. It's anywhere from like an hour or to three hours to like a whole year. So let's say we put a three day time limit on. Then for three days, you and I both shoot photos with the app. It can be around a specific theme like food or faces or patterns or the color purple or whatever, or we just shoot whatever we want. The catch is we can't see those photos until the time limit's up. So all I know is that you're shooting photos. I get a notification when you shoot a photo. You get a notification when I shoot a photo. And we're shooting, shooting, shooting. We have no idea what the photos are. And then the time limit's up. And then we just get all the photos get revealed in the app. And I can wow. see the photos you shot. You can see what I shot. And we can comment on them and go through the slideshow and say, oh, that's a cool photo, blah, blah, blah. Download them, whatever. So you can do this with one other person. You can do it with 10 other people. You can do it for a year. You can do it for 30 minutes. It's a really fun little thing. And I've been doing it with a couple friends. One friend is in Jersey. The other's in Philly. And we've just been shooting around these like themes. And it's really fun and interesting to see what is, is popping up. And every time the, the camera times out and we get to see the photos, it's like a little Christmas present. It's like, oh, cool, you know. That's amazing. Yeah, so I it's love a, that. It's a really fun app. It's free. <clears throat> there is a, a 99 cent purchase you can use to un- unlock additional filters within the app. But uh, it's really fun. I highly recommend it for anybody who just wants to connect with people over some fun photo stuff. That's really cool. Reference. Yeah. I like that idea yeah. a lot. So hipstamatic.com slash DSPO. And there's a link on our site for... Better Than Before, Mastering the Habits of Our Everyday Lives by Gretchen Rubin. We're going to shelve our listener slash team pick of the week for next episode because we're out of time. That's it. That's it. (laughs) So today's episode of Inside Acting was produced and co-hosted by yours truly, AJ Meyer, and of course Trevor Algat. Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Gadali Gubrick is our marketing and web director. Jasmine Bristow is our director of public relations. And Deborah Smith is our community manager. Trevor Algat edited and mixed today's episode and composed our theme and interview music. You can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our recent episodes over at our website, insideacting.net. You can also find us on iTunes, and your reviews there are hugely appreciated. Please make them positive reviews. <laughs> Contact us privately if you if you hate us. Uh, special thanks to our sponsors, Rehearsal Pro and Viotagogo.com. And thanks to you, our listeners. If you love Inside Acting and want to maximize its value in your life and career, Sign up as a monthly member and get cool perks like access to our membership message board, cool freebies, invites to exclusive member meetups like the membership meetup coming up this Thursday. So uh, members, keep your eyes on your inboxes. I'm sure you're already RSVPing with Deb on that. But um, if you aren't a member and you would like to come to that event, you can sign up now and still make it. Uh, Discounts on merchandise and much, much more. Just visit InsideActing.net and click on the membership tab. And that's it for episode 209 of Inside Acting. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, I'm going to bring back a classic here. Build relationships, not networks. <laughs>